Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by The Juniors and Ocean Dragon, the newest restaurant addition to The Juniors. Ocean Dragon Noodle House will spoil you for choice when it comes to noodles and authentic Vietnamese specialties. From healthy yet flavoursome dishes, including soups and stir-fries, to traditionally prepared wok and noodle dishes, consisting of the freshest local produce. Offering a $10 lunch special menu with a variety of vegetarian and meat options available from 11 till 3 daily. Open seven days a week. Ocean Dragon Noodle House. Proud sponsors of Rabbitohs Radio. If you could give one piece of advice to the players today, what would that be? Oh, don't give up, mate. Just keep going. Don't give up. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Grant Chapel, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Dan Brown, Steve Maven, what's doing, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, good day, boys. How are we all? Oh, not too bad. A little cold day here in Sydney. Yeah, it's a little bit chilly, isn't it? A little bit Piccadilly. As, bit I, fresh. Was, as I was coming over the studio, the sun was poking out from the west there, boys. So, hopefully, we've got a better day tomorrow. Uh, we've got a pretty big show. Got one of the real legends of the '80s. One of the real great moustaches of rugby league. Mavo, one today. Yep. Ziggy Niskop. We're going to interview him. We're going to recap that. Roosters loss. We're not going to talk too much about that, are we? No. Nah. Uh, no, we'll just touch on it. We don't like it. getting beat by the grubs, but no. anyway. They were, too, they were too good. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. But um, we'll preview that big clash Friday night against the Storm down at Amy Park. A chance to a bit of redemption there, boys. We've got Rabbitoh of the Week. And I'm going to talk about that player in focus from history, the people's champion, Benny Waring. So big show, boys. Yep, let's, uh, let's get into it, eh? Let's rip in. I've got the shout-outs brought to you by Export Freight Systems. Firstly, we've got to Soapstar Joe for letting us use their song, Ziggy Niscott Never Played Guitar. Now, the film clips are beauty. It shows the old Redfern Oval in the area. And, Brownie, you've got a shout-out from someone who's from the area. Yeah, Darren Sheen. Now, he said he's been following the Rabbitohs since he was five years, five years of age. His mum was born in 1936 in Great Buckingham Street, Redfern. Now, I'm sure we've all heard of Great Buckingham Street, oh. Redfern over the last uh, few months. True as it gets a mention on this show. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, your old street. Yeah, my old street. Uh, Anthony Maroon, former Rabbitoh Darren Maroon. So all the Maroons were, grew up in Great Buckingham Street, Redfern. And for you that don't know where Great Buckingham Street, Redfern is, it's right behind Redfern Oval. Uh, on the northern side, you've got the Oval, then the park, and... That street right down the middle. It's a great Buckingham Street, Redfern. There you go. Plenty yeah. of good memories there. So um, Darren said, uh, the red and green is in his blood. His mum used to climb under the fence at Redfern Oval to go and watch them play, like many other people used to. I think Tucker used to do the same. He did. Yeah. Told us that. Told us, told us that little story. Uh, Darren said when he was born, she would always take him to the games uh, from five years onwards, and they would always sit under the scoreboard that, that great scoreboard where they used to change the scores manually you know the boys would be hanging out just watching the watching the game waiting for a try 
And what about the clock? Remember, it used to stop five minutes to go. Yeah, so you didn't know, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was an exciting That's last what I five thought minutes of for a while. Yeah, and uh, I remember just south of it. If it wasn't a big crowd there, which which could have been quite often, we'd we'd have a game of touch footy or a game of tackle footy just off to the side there. What about sliding down the hill on the empty cartons of beer? <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. on the cardboard. Yes, <laughs> yes. Down yeah. the down over the back there. Yeah, that's. I always remember down the back side there was that gully. Yeah, and you could go down there and play as a kid. You couldn't see the game, but you didn't yeah. care. Yeah, hundred percent. So Darren, mate, a shout out to you, and uh, glad you're a rabbito through and through. I've got two more shout-outs uh, to, look, this fella, we spoke about him last week on the show. He's a former NRL player. He's doing it tough at the moment. His name's Chris Caruana, Smoke. Uh, that is his nickname. To you, Chris, mate, a shout-out to you. Uh, we only found out after we spoke about you last week that you, uh, you're doing it tough, both mentally and, and physically. He's, he's recently had a car accident. He's struggling with the recovery with that. Um, do you remember Smoke Boys playing? Chris oh, Carolina? Yeah, he was so fit, yep. mate. He was an absolute specimen, mate. Yeah, really yep. was. Yeah. I think he was in the Tina Turner ad in 93. He had a rare speaking role yeah, at some stage. Have. Yeah. But they've set up a GoFundMe page, Brownie, and we're going to post that on our episode webpage. Yeah, go to our, our episode webpage, like Mavo just said. It's, uh, yeah, it's sad. Anyway, and uh, this next shout out uh, goes to two former NRL players as well, doing great work. Uh, for a fundraising event on Sunday, Nathan and Garth Wood. I don't know if you've seen it, boys, on social media. Okay. Yep. But they done a 16-hour punchathon. 16 hours they punched on uh, wow. on a piece of equipment. Which it's like it's like a, a punching bag, but it's up on the wall. 16 hours. Hitbox. That's yeah. a punch box fit, isn't it? Yeah, hitbox. Yeah. what it's called. Hitbox. Yeah. yeah, it's called now. Hitbox. Yeah. It's, it's a, a piece of boxing equipment that you just. Uh, Set up on your wall on the it? wall, yeah. yeah. And um, they punched that for 16 hours. Now they, the goal was to raise 16,000 for motor, motor neuron disease, MND, and they raised 17,722 dollars. So awesome. To you boys, a uh, couple of legends there. I seen Brian Fletcher was there, Jeff Fennick was there. So so everybody got involved, and it was uh, all for a great cause. Two yeah, great yeah. men from the area, eh, boys. Oh, they're good lads. Nat and Johnny, Garth. Johnny Lewis spoke highly of them, didn't he? Loves he did. Them, loves yeah. them, boys. And Definitely. I've heard Nate talk about it. His father, Barry, had them boxing when they were young kids so they can look after themselves. And oh, I don't think they'd have any problem boxing all day, throwing yeah. punches all day, then, boys. So, yeah, no, yeah, good. Good men. Yeah. Congratulations to them all. Yeah, I might just do a quick shout out to Jared Condon from Reading the Play. Those of you who listen to 1269 in Sydney there. Graham Hughes' show he used to be on there, a bit of a regular there. You can jump on. He supplies an unbelievable tip sheet there, boys. Um, I'm a subscriber and all that. Now, just this year, he'll stand out a few games and he might be three or four a week or something. And this year alone, he's he's ten from thirteen in his in his tips, boys. So wow, you end up getting a fair return. And he, he puts out a couple of racehorsing tips on a Saturday. Now, a jag one, I think it was called Trissian. In Melbourne, you might remember if anyone, any of those punters out there, $7.90. So, there was another one that wasn't far away either. Yeah, the odds just you like. Just got pipped. Oh, yeah. Not like, so, not uh, like $1.30 on the weather. I tell you what, he, know, he knows his rugby league, NRL, and he puts out some bloody good tips there. So, that website is readingtheplay.com. Jump on and uh, Jared will look after you. We might get him on the show at some stage this year too. Very, very knowledgeable. If you want a winner, get on. Yeah, for sure.
more you put on, the more you win too. Buddy. That's it. <laughs> Odds on, look on. Yeah. Let's head off to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Rabbitohs News brought to you by the Juniors. Well, the big news in pub land and club land, the doors flung open 11 o'clock yesterday morning right across Australia. And uh, there's no better place to have a beer or food than the South Juniors. Over there at Kingsford on Anzac Parade, the the trams are flying um, up and down there. you got no excuses not to get in and out of there if you want to have a couple of drinks. Boys, mate, I'm looking forward to getting up there in the next few days. Yeah, me too. I was passing there on Monday and I just happened to stop, take a few photos and posted it on our socials. I spoke to Keith McGraw and they're pumped to have the doors open. There's a few restrictions, but... Yeah, what are they? Well, uh, well, you've still got to do social distancing. You've got to keep your... Di- There's only a certain amount can go on each floor, so I think it's like 350 total throughout the buildings. This is at Kingsford, Maribor and Malabar. Is that in total, is it? Total in the, in the place. So it's okay. not back to completely normal, yeah. but it's much better than where they were. And also, there's no gymnasium yet, and there's no auditorium or shows. But still, you can go to all the restaurants, you can go and have a drink, you can go and have a bet, and you can go and support your local club, the mighty South Juniors that support us. And more importantly, Mavo and I will be up there tomorrow. Yep. Having a food. Yeah, we're going to... What do you reckon? Yeah, we're going for lunch. I think we... Pinocchio's we had last time. Yeah, so we might mix it up, go for the new Imperial... Chow feed, yeah. beautiful in there, and the yum cha there is superb. Yum cha is good. That's oh, good yum cha up there. Yes, it is. I've got to work, but I'm looking to get up there with the family in the next few days. And yeah, I've still got a few vouchers to to spend in there. Oh, yeah, Some of those your, um your membership voucher. Uh, vouchers up there at Pinocchio's, and I've, I've mentioned it last week, and I will be getting up there over the long weekend. I went to book a holiday for the long weekend on Monday. Do you I could find a join an Airbnb? The whole the whole show is booked out just about. I Books. couldn't find anything. What all well, of the spots I like? What? Oh, well, I looked the around. Border, the borders aren't open, but Alla Dala. I looked at you know yeah. around Foster where I like yeah, nothing doing. I even yeah. looked down. I said, "Oh, do you want to go to Cooma down near the snow and get a house where we can have a fire and all that?" Couldn't nice. find anything. Is the snow so, open too? It's not quite open yet, but I think they put a date out. Um, might be another few weeks away, boys. Okay. The snow, but I think they have also announced the government announced some further. Um, Loosening of the restrictions, I think, it was up to a hundred per room. Obviously, with the social distancing involved, because they have to, I guess, cater for the big clubs uh, like South Juniors and Penrith Panthers and whatnot. Mm. Mm. So yeah. l- let's hope they get plenty of people coming for the doors. It's in winter; it's a good place to go there in winter. South Juniors. Yeah, it's good. The things are getting back to normal, so you can take the missus up for date night. Take the family. Don't go up the, the boys. Friday night. Footy's on. Well, we go yes. up there and have my, a food. My brother Miles rang me the other day and said, well, I'm just, I want to go up with me mate Noxie and a few of the boys and that we don't want to go to any pub. Where do you reckon I should go? And I said, mate, South Juniors, go up the, the Henry Morris bar. Beautiful. You can get it. You can either sit on a lounge, some stools or a chair out, out to the side there. That'd be fantastic. A great beer there. I tell you what, it's bloody cheap. Mm. And if anyone likes cheap stuff, it's my brother Miles. So <laughs> so let, let's see if um, I've put him onto it. So hopefully he gets up there and... Um, Let's hope he takes your word for it. So us get a yeah. win up there. We've got a game recap, boys. It was a 28-12 to 12 loss to the Evil Empire, the Roosters. Look, it was a tough one to watch, to be honest, boys. I don't think we turned up in those first periods of the first half and the second half. But 
the the effort was definitely there, but the execution mm. was pretty poor. Boys were comprehensively beaten there, five tries to two. Yeah, we were, and uh, like you said, chaps, we're probably never in the game from the from the kickoff. Really, we gave away a, an early penalty. We made a few handling errors in the first five or ten minutes. Yeah, and you can't do that against the Roosters. They they didn't do it. And, you know, they were in control of the game. So we found it very hard to play an up-tempo game. I thought it was probably one of the slowest games of the round in terms of the speed. It's a small 10 metres, boys. really yeah. was. Well, mm. the play of the balls, too, were, were very slow. And, look, I, I didn't want to really mention the referees. And we said we weren't going to mention them. But I'm just I'm not, going, I'm not blaming the referee here. But all I'm going to say is that I think the play the ball area wasn't policed as good as it was the other games. Yeah, well, the Roosters were upsettingly good. I didn't enjoy that. Teddy, Cordner, Radley, Crichton, they all just rose to the occasion. On our side, our halves, they tried, but they never really got going. Sewer looked good on the, on the right edge on occasion. You did, mate. You're right. Big Tommy Burgess looked solid. Murray and Cook both tried hard. We also lost Knight to Tola and Sirenan to head knocks. So that really put a dent in us. Tom O'Man came on and did some good stuff. And Dargan did reasonably well. He, he had a bit of a slow start, but then once his confidence built, he started taking the line on a bit more. Some good passes. We mentioned him last week. His passing game's sensational. So I just hope the kid can grow in confidence. And Great kicking game well, too. I, thought, I, I, thought yeah. I think we mentioned it was a baptism of fire up against probably the strongest defensive side in the comp without, yeah. without doubt mm. boys did you get a chance to see his jersey presentation oh I didn't no mate very impre- uh, he speaks pretty well I mean John Sutton said some nice things he's pretty emotional and, and got up there and spoke from the heart and, and he actually he mentions Tom Amone they've been playing since they were kid, little kids oh really right oh, through the junior through system the yeah Parramatta junior system and yeah. whatnot. And, yeah. and he mentions him in it and how proud he is to to run out there with him yeah. on that night and yeah. oh good and it's moments like that in league that yeah mm. yeah oh, it's bigger you. than it's bigger than just a game boys yeah, yeah. well, like well that, that ex- probably explains why Tom O'Mahon came on and put on a couple of big shots we just need more of that from the big fella we need him to well he's actually looking at the side we're going to talk about that a bit later but I, I think he's dropped out of the side for Patrick Mago but that was the same last week and they did the swap at the end so we'll have to wait and see what they do there so mm. the side's just about identical isn't it boys I think. Mm. Is he pressed auto correct or what's he done? Yeah, well, he probably, he probably <laughs> does that every week. Wayne, Can't, but I remember, as I said paste. last year, I think the first six games last year he had um, Tatola on the bench mm. in jumper number fifteen, and he started every game. But look, uh, it's not all lost. Uh, like you said before, chaps, the effort was there. It was great. The game was still in the balance. We've, even though we were never in the game, I know, unbelievable. Yeah. If that, I mean that captain's call, I probably yeah went off a bit with that one. But I think it was the right call in the end. I think Mavo said that I'd be red and green eyes on there, but mm, yeah, you know he didn't clear the ruck. Was the was the yeah, call? Yeah. Uh, Brioni uh, corrected me on that, and fair enough. The referee made a call, and that's what we're asking him to do. Yep. And he was overruled. So Bert, mate. Yeah, we did throw a bit at him, so we we gave ourselves a chance. But like you said, Brownie, we were never realistically going to win that. Well, we game. never were, but 15 minutes to go, we still could have won it. You know mm. what I mean? So mm. we we, did. Sort, we we sort of looked like we were slowly getting on top. Whether or not the Roosters put the queue in the rack a little early, yeah. or we just started to gain a bit of confidence. And what what we're doing, boys? We're coming off the line and whacking them. That's what we're mm. doing, which we yeah. probably weren't doing at other stages of the game. Yeah. And when when, when you're coming off the line whacking a team, it doesn't matter who you are. You, yeah. you really 
You put the fear of God in him a little bit. I think we sort of did that at, sta- at stages in that back end of that game. Yeah. To me, to me, it looked like we're playing uh, the old brand of footy six weeks ago when you had two referees. Okay. The game, the game has definitely changed, and you've got to change the way you play. And hopefully, we'll do that against Melbourne this week. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it a bit about that later. And you just mentioned we chatted before the game. We did our first Zoom hookup before the game, and we posted that on our YouTube channel. So I was a bit scratchy, but the highlight was at the start when you lit the Barbie chaps and nearly burnt your fingers off. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was all right. And I think we might try and do that when we're all available or we can, and it gives us a chance to give our thoughts as the game happens. Yeah, but also, I mean, this time it was a loss, but after a win, you, you kind of, I don't know, I'm a mad fan, but I, I can't wait to hear someone talking about our win or our loss or, you know what I mean? So. To jump on and, and punch our 15 minutes after a win and for our fans to be able to jump on and watch that are, are going to be great because you're only get Triple M, they're only... They're not South supporters. They're not giving the, the bias um, opinion that, and going over the little things that we would hear. Like we, we've mentioned um, Sirenin and all the fan pages. Everyone mentioned Sirenin. You know how many minutes he played, boys? Yeah, not many. 12 minutes. Mm. And he made that much of an impact on our, our fan groups. Everyone was, oh, Syrian was great. No, Amoni only, only played 30. Mm. He was over 100 metres. He was... Mm. Uh, and, and them two blokes in particular, what they did differently than anyone else in our team, they come off the line and they were willing to just whack people. Mm. Yep, that's what they, we need. They did that intimidating thing. What, what did Sam do, do his whole career? Mm. he come up and he wanted to bash the Everyone. living crap out of the bloke in front of him. And, yeah, that's right. And that's what we've got to replace. Yeah, we need to yep. replace that enforcer in the middle. We've got the guys to do it. They've just got to get out there and get it done. Because the two, well, we've, got, we've got to shift him from the edge to the middle. Yeah. That's what we've got to do. Because well, you look at, look at the opposition without looking at the opposition too much. But Joe Warrior Hardgrave runs with elbows and whacks people. Mm. As much as you hate him, you love him to play on our team. Yeah. And the other bloke is Victor Radley. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he won't last three years in this game playing like this. He's, <laughs> his body is kind of. How good is he? Well, he made like 40. <laughs> 40 he is an animal. He made like 49 tackles, and at least 40 of them were bone jarrers. Yeah. So he, he, he spear tackled bloody uh, what's his name gay guy then the next hit up was a toll and he whacked him I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. anyway let's move on from that so we've got Ziggy Niscott coming up chaps let's have a listen to the Ziggy Niscott interview brought to you by Rise Foundation Australia Ziggy Niscott never played guitar but I'm sure he sing the backing vocals to this song just because something's old doesn't mean it's wrong I know tradition all right, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got cult hero from the 80s, former captain, captain from the wing, one of the great moustaches in rugby league history, Ziggy Niscott. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Well, nice to be on there, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries, Ziggy. Now, where are you from, and what was it like growing up there, mate? I'm from a little town called Beresfield, in between uh, Maitland and Newcastle. I've lived, I'm still living in Beresfield. i lived there all my life, except for the five years I was in Sydney. Yeah, grew up there, went to school there, played my junior football there. Yeah, Ziggy Brownie, mate. Um, you just mentioned that you played uh, footy up there in the yep. Newcastle area. What, what teams did you play for up there? Well, I was a Beresville schoolboy, and from there I moved on to um, the Maitland Pumpkin Pickers, and uh, 
had a couple of years there, and then I uh, moved on to um, North Newcastle, or well, northern suburbs back then, before I moved to uh, Sydney. Mate, while, while you were up there, it's always a bit of a, well, not a nursery, it's always a, like a retirement home for old first graders to go back and play in their hometown with the bush. Was there any other former first graders up there playing with you guys? Oh, yeah. When I was only just started out, uh, Johnny Raper came up and uh, he was coaching oh, wow. uh, West Western Suburbs. So sure. Father John Kurtz, he ended up playing for Australia. He was playing with West at the time. Uh, and of course, uh, my coach, Johnny Mays, come up to East, the coaches, and Gary Leo before that. Yeah. So, yeah, there was quite a few um, Sydney players that came up. Oh, Dave Edwards was in my side. I think he played with Balmain at one stage. Uh, that would have been yeah. great, mate, to play alongside all them current heroes. Yeah, it was. It was pretty, uh, pretty awesome playing against you know, blokes that came from Sydney when I, uh, yeah. when I was only a kid. Ziggy, it's Mavo, mate. You have a yeah, mate. You have a unique name. Is it of Polish origin? It is Polish, mate. I, was, I think I was the only one in the family who got a Polish name. Everyone, everyone else in the family got uh, uh, English names. I mean, your sister got Barbara, my twin brother got Edward, and the other two brothers got uh, Joseph and uh, Peter. And I was the only one that got the Polish name. <laughs> well, we spoke to Blake Solly last week, and he said he, you were one of his favourite players. But one of the things he liked was you had this exotic name. So I suppose it's just part of your identity now. Well, well, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it makes me what I am. You know, growing up with a name that no one can pronounce, and I got sick of people asking me how to spell my name, and uh, you know, what's your name, and uh, the time, and, and, and can you spell that, mate? Yeah, well, I actually asked you too. Sorry about that, but because let's. <laughs> so your your first name is pronounced Zignew. Yeah, yeah, and so Zignew or Yep, and so there's the correct one is pronounced now. The correct spelling is Z B I G N I E U, but then no, no, N I E W. N I E W. I meant to say W. So the correct, I'll say that again. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll say that again. So the correct pronunciation. The cor- fucking hell. So the correct spelling is. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. So the correct. Oh, maybe I'll leave that in. Yeah. So the cor- so the correct spelling is Z B I G N I E W. But then correct. along the way you lost the I, and then also on your Scanlon's footy card they spelled it. N-E-N, so completely wrong. So there's a few different variations. Yeah, that's right. They never had it right in the, on the footy cards, mate. And for, that, for the same reason, mate, because I got sick of it, you know, spelling my name. I, when I was younger, I took the I out. And, uh, it wouldn't be as confusing. I had many letters in my name. They used to call me alphabet. And uh, so I took the I out. And uh, but obviously the, uh, the correct spelling is with the I in, mate. Yeah, oh well, as, as you said, it's made you the person you are today, mate. Now, you must have been a bit of a standout up there in Maitland in, in the Newcastle competition, mate. Um, how did it end up that you ended up at the Mighty Rabbitohs in 1980, mate? Probably the Johnny Mays and, and the fact that um, South actually flew me down because I had, I had offered from um, Canterbury and uh, Newtown and, and South and... Um, 
Canterbury, uh, Blackburn, uh, from Newtown came up here to see me and um, had a brown paper bag and you know, he said, if you sign up, this is yours. Who was that singer? Uh, <laughs> Frank Farrington, it was. Oh, okay. And um, he, he was, uh, what was he, the CEO there, I suppose. Yeah. And then uh, Bullfrog came up from the uh, Bulldogs and uh, he had a chat to me and then uh, I talked to Terry Parker and he was the, the kingpin down there at the time and he, he said, well, he'd fly me down, me and my wife. And so we went down and um, Johnny Byrne was leaving at that stage and I found out and I thought, well, well, there's an opening there for me, so I decided uh, South was the team I was going to go to. Right? And we're bloody lucky you did, mate. Now, you talked about flying down there. It's not very common you fly to Newcastle. It's not that far away. What, what sort of plane was this thing that you flew down here? <laughs> oh, it was a little, little thought of friendship from uh, Pelican, it was. From, oh, uh, Belmont. Uh, Belmont, oh, yeah. 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 Pe- Pelican yeah, Waters. Yeah, so I know, know it well, mate, just over the Swansea Bridge there. Yeah? That's it, mate. Yeah, so they have a little airport there, and that's uh, we, we got a, uh, like a 13 seat of plane or something and uh, flew down to uh, Sydney. In that mate, yeah, and Terry put me up in uh, one of the motels near in Redfern near the, near the Oval, near Redfern Oval. Oh right, mate. The, 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 the rest of, is history. The rest yeah. is history. Yeah, mate. Uh, you turned into a cult hero uh, once you arrived at Redfern, mate. What are your some of your favourite memories and, and some of your favourite teammates from that era? There's, there's just too many, mate. There's, uh, I mean the. the the crowd was great, like you said. They, uh, you know, had signs up on the bloody field with the, you know, the, with my name and the, the what was it? This got walks on water. That was that was something to uh, <laughs> to behold every time I went to Redfern Oval. And uh, the, the crowd was good, mate. And I, I suppose they they latched onto me because I, uh, you know, I talked to them. You know, when I used to go to the games, and everyone wants to have a chat, autographs, and I'd I'd stop for. Half an hour and, and chat to people. So mm. I suppose they uh, they got on to me from that. I suppose or, or I don't know. Yeah, well, I was talking to one of your, your ex teammates today in uh, the great Tugger Coleman, mate, and he had plenty of support and, and raps for you, mate. And he said that uh, he loved playing with you, and so did everyone else. And, and you're a you're a South legend, and oh, you're, you're loved by everyone. So he's Tiger, mate. He's a, he's a great little footballer, mate, in his day. And, oh, look, we had, we had heaps of good players, mate. The Rambling Brothers, I love them to death, mate. They were, they were a, a good pair to have on your side. And, uh, uh, Rocky Laurie was there when I first started, you know. And uh, then, then we had Graham Murray, who passed away, Paul Bagger. But yeah. another great footballer with him and uh, Mick Patterson when they were there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, look, there's there's just too many there. The Mario uh, and, and, and Tugger was great. Yeah, uh, good little footballer. Yeah. Mate, uh, I know we get together on our on our reunion days. He sends his regards, and hopefully we can catch up soon with one of them. You mentioned Redfern before. Redfern yep. Oval, mate. What was it like playing there? Mate, I uh, I love Redfern Oval, mate, and probably more so because everyone else hated it. Is it right you just come back from a couple of knee replacements, mate? How are you recovering from that? Yeah, uh, I had uh, courtesy of uh, the grind of football in Sydney, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, I think it's been about four or five months now. Uh, 
thing or other, all right. And, and I'm, I'm back playing golf, not 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 real well, but I'm I'm back on the golf course again. So uh, they're not too bad, mate. Yeah, and getting better all the time. They say that it takes about twelve months to get over them, so I've still still got a bit of time ahead of me. What's your favourite course up there, mate? Well, my home course is uh, Murray Golf Club, which is uh, Brainerd Terrace, but uh, probably Tun Curry's a, a really, really good hard course, mate, so I don't mind playing there. Now, you spoke about the, the grind of Sydney might have forced you to have a couple of knee replacements. Just went through your career, mate. It looked like you hardly missed a game. Did you miss any games at all in those five years? Because you played 114 games in five seasons, mate. It's pretty, pretty impressive. I did miss a couple. Through injury, because um, we did have. Uh, I, I remember. I mean, I had that many bloody operations on the knees with uh, cartilage operations, and uh, and when I got back here, I had knee reconstruction. But um, down there, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have been too many. And uh, one good thing about it, uh, I only played first grade. Never played reserve grade games down there, so. I was pretty happy with that. Too. Yeah, that's an awesome, that's an awesome, awesome stat, mate. Yeah. And not many can say that. So, and also, you played in the 1982 State of Origin and scored a double in Game One. Yep. What are your memories yeah. of that? Oh, well, that was uh, that, that was at the Old Lang Park. Yeah, it was awesome, mate. It was, uh, I mean, it was a, it was a scary time up there. You know, mate, the people there could really touch from the bench. You know, that there was a real square ground and. Uh, wasn't the set like it is now, and you know they were giving it to you from the sideline, and and uh, to play in that, you know that sort of football in Queensland, it was it was tough, and to score two tries, mate, yeah, I'll never forget that, mate. That's just a great memory. Who were some of the players that played in that team, Zig? In the, in the state side, yeah. Uh, I think Greg Brentnell was the fullback. And, yep. uh, Steve Rogers and Mick Cronin were the centers. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Alan Thompson was the 5'8". Steve Mortimer was halfback. Yeah. Legends. Yeah. Wow. Les Boyd. I played with Les Boyd in that side. So yeah. Oh, unreal. Yeah. So, and game two, it was at Lang Park again, so they obviously didn't yeah, switch exactly. the grounds. The first two games at Lang Park. Yeah. yeah. won the first one. And I only just got beat in the second game, and then I, uh, I've had an injury. We'll blame the ref um, there. Yeah, well, that was the a debut of the grasshopper, Barry Gomesol. He was red hot, wasn't he? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a piece of work, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah, he didn't care about like, when we, there was a blue. I think it was the second game, yeah. and uh, he didn't care about the, the blue. He just kept playing with the football. So once everyone realised that he wasn't worried about the, the fight, they all had to bloody get back on the with the football. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll blame the referee, mate. Uh, yeah, mate, just yeah. just going back to the Rabbitohs, um, it's very rare for a winger to captain a side. I think Warren Boland might have been another one that was a, a skipper, but you you were honoured with that duty. That must have meant so much to you that when that was announced. No, it did, mate. Well, I've got Rob Willie to thank for that. And, uh, to, to get that, that honour, mate, was another thing that I can remember uh, and, and that keep with me from uh, being at, at South and uh, great to be uh, a captain uh, yeah. you know, when they bring up when they bring up South and they bring up captains you know my name's always going to be thrown around so yeah. it's a great, great honour to, to have, have the captains 
well, he's awesome. Yeah, like, like uh, Target said, you, you were well liked, and that was probably part of the reason why, you know, you were given the job by Ron. That's on probably the oldest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's another good thing. <laughs> now your five seasons come to an end in um, the semi-finals in. Um, 1984, mate. So yep. uh, tell us about those circumstances. Now, you played three games in five days or something to qualify. Then you knocked oh, off Manly right. on the Saturday. And then yeah. you were beaten the week after, mate. And there was a big blue in that um, game. Tell, tell us about that. those five, last couple of games of your career in Sydney before you moved back to Newcastle, mate. Yeah, well, I think we had to beat Canberra midweek. And then, then we, uh, we had to win on the weekend first. And then we had to play Canberra midweek. And we beat them, and then we played uh, uh, Manly on the in the um, semi-final, and that was a uh, that was a great great day. That was, and it was my birthday that day too. So, oh, was it? Yeah, because oh, you got so, behind early, and you just come back to win that one, didn't you? Yeah, we were. I think we were down fourteen nil or something, and come back and you won put, and, put uh, the stink on <laughs> Henry. <laughs> you called Henry, Henry. Henry, Henry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, the sticks. Uh, well, it must have rattled them, and, um, and we ended up coming back and um, and winning that game with with a, with a couple of good bombs from uh, Little Baker and uh, Tugger. Yeah, and I still remember Bob Fulton was blowing up because he still reckons we didn't win the game because we cheated by putting bombs up. We couldn't <laughs> play football. But, uh, <laughs> it didn't matter, mate. We won. We beat them. That's it. It was a famous win, and mate. So yeah, we just mentioned yeah. the five seasons. Is there a reason you cut that short and went back home, mate? Injuries were getting the better of me. Plus, plus my wife had had a she was uh, she wanted to go back home, mate. So I was always I was nearly going to go back the year before, but I give it one more year in '84, and it, it was always decided that we were going to go home uh, after that. And, uh, yeah, that turned out. Or, or, I mean, to get to the semis or the final anyway against St George, but we got beat. Uh, it wasn't a bad effort. Yeah, mate. Did did you did you play when you went back home? I went back and had a had a round uh, season with Central Newcastle when I uh, came back uh, one one year with them, and then I had a year with my hometown, Beresford, uh, to finish my career off, and we won we won the grand final with uh, with Beresford, so that was it for me. Nice. Oh, hung the boots yeah, up after a bit of success. Beautiful. Yeah. I bet they were happy about yeah. that. Now, being a former captain of the Rabbitohs, and you obviously followed. Um, how they went, and we were unfortunately punted out of the cop in '99, and, and I think we were all had a bit of a hole in our lives, and and that they jumped back into the comp, and I'm sure you followed them right through to that 2014 grand final where we won, mate. Um, can you tell us a bit about that, mate? Did you, did you watch it, and 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 how'd you feel seeing the Rabbitohs finally oh, lift the trophy, mate? Well, I watched it, mate, and uh, mate, it was so it was so good. I was always really emotional when. When um, when South won that, and, you know, I, I just had a feeling in the first ten minutes when um, Sam Burgess broke his cheekbone, it was like deja vu. I went, oh, this is going to be just like when Sats broke his jaw, and it was sort of like an omen to me. I thought, well, there's a big chance of winning this, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a great game of football. I ended up winning. And, yeah, I was, uh, mate, I was jumping up and down, mate. It was such a great day to see us. Yeah, we that were all day. the same, mate. It was very emotional for myself, mate, to watch the Mighty Rabbits lift the trophy. Was, was. And a South Junior was. doing it too. 
Yeah. First awesome. bloke in, I think it was 80 odd years since Alf Smacker Blair in the 1920s yeah. to lift the trophy. So, yeah, fantastic. What are you up to these days, Zick? Well, as I said, mate, uh, I play golf a couple of times a week now. I do a little, little bit of part-time work every now and then when the guys I used to work for go on holidays, I'll, I'll go in and help them out a little bit. But uh, other than that, mate, I'm retired. I'm, uh, I've got my house on the market. I'm going to move up to um, Sun Curry. Yeah, so I'll be moving up there probably you know, before the end of the year. Yeah. Nice spot of the world up there. What a, yeah. what a spot, eh? Beautiful spot, mate. Beautiful. Have a bit of fishing up there? Doing a bit of fishing, a bit of golfing, uh, a bit of putting. I don't mind <laughs> a little bit of putting on the horses. Yeah, well, that's the way. Oh, our, co- our co-host here, Steve Matherman, he's just taken up uh, golf, and he, I don't think he plays too well, but he, he might be able to have a round with Mavo. He can no, give well, a few we, lessons. We just played... Last time oh, we yeah, saw we you, we, we, we played, played with you at the coast. We played down at the coast, yeah. With, uh, it was yeah. only a small group of us this, that time, but hopefully yeah. it'll get bigger. Yeah, yeah we, we're gonna, that's the, the Raging Rabbitohs, the former players. We're going to start an annual golf day at the Coast My Home Club. Now, also, yep. mate, we played the song Ziggy Niscott Never Played Guitar by Soapstar Joe on the show. I'm not sure if you've heard of that one. Oh, you heard of yeah. that one, Zig? I've heard of it. Yeah. So, so our question to you is, can you actually play guitar? And, no, I can't. And, I don't know where that comes from. And can you sing backup vocals? <laughs> no. After a few I beers, after a few beers, beers, you might be. I think, no, I couldn't sing if you lost the feathers on it, mate. Ah, oh, we're hoping no, you're going to belt out some sort of folk tune for us. But, nah, I wouldn't but, even know that song now. <laughs> well, our, our listeners are going to hear it, and whether they like it or not. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks for your time here. All right, no problem at all, mate. Always great to talk to the South boys, mate. Yeah, good man, Ziggy. We'll uh, look. Can't wait to uh, catch up at our next function, mate. Thanks for your time, mate, I Ziggy. Can't wait either, mate. Yeah, can't wait. Good See on you, mate. legend. See you later, mate. Thanks again. Thanks again, mate. Okay, bye. bye. Well, boys, one of the good things about this show, I love it. Like, my, in my youth, Ziggy was a bit of a hero of mine. We didn't have much success back in the day, so. If, how good is it to be able to talk to him on this show, ask him these questions, find out from the great man? Boy, do you enjoy that? Oh, I loved it. You know, he was talking about hanging around doing autographs. You know what? I hadn't thought about it, but I've actually got a flashback of getting an autograph of Ziggy back in the day. Because my, my dad went to Redfern Oval every week. We were there, yeah. where Miles running around, and I'd get all the autographs on the big league magazines and all that. And he, he always wanted how could you not love Ziggy and Iskop with that yeah. big, big, dirty ma? Yeah. Fantastic. He's yeah. unforgettable, not only because of his play, but because of his name. But also when you mentioned about when we got kicked out of the comp, but just remembered, me and him were on the footy show. We went to Scone and did a promotion and Ziggy got interviewed and then Garlo interviewed me and I did a bloody swan dive in the middle of the club and dived into a puddle of beer. (laughs) I've seen it. I've seen the footage, yeah. We might put that on the episode webpage. I'm not really that keen to do it. But we'll also put the Ziggy and Iscott double in the state of origin on the webpage. put that on. And anything else that we talk about on this show... We've had a bit of time this week to do a good episode webpage, so check it out. He's a great man, Ziggy. A fan favourite. You heard what Tugger had to say about him. Uh, all the players loved him. You know, skipper of the club and even our, our own chief, Blake Solly. Yeah. Ziggy was his hero. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you, yeah. You heard the passion for the club when South won the 2014 Grand Final. That's why I thought I'd ask you because it's a former captain. Mm. And now he spoke about not 
playing reserve grade, and he was proud of that fact that he only played first grade. Now, another bloke was a captain coach, Jack Rayner, the legendary um, Jack Rayner, who's one of the all-time greats of rugby league. So mm. there's another bloke. So I don't think too many blokes can say it. There mm. might be a few others out there. If anyone can think of anyone, write to us on that one. The good thing about interviewing these guests, uh, we get to find out their story and their journey, how they ended up at South, and the little things that we don't know about. Yeah, that's right. You that's know right. What I mean? But one thing I did already know about Ziggy is that he's a great bloke yeah. because he always comes to, down for the reunions and he's always approachable. Like he said, you can when he was telling us about how he used to stay back for half an hour, it didn't surprise me because he's always been the sort of guy that he wasn't in our era, but when we'd meet him, he'd always talk to us, how you going? And then as soon as I rang him for this, he was, no worries, we'll, we'll, I'll come on. And the other thing about it is that we've got some younger listeners on the show, but our, dem- our demographic is sort of the Ziggy era, right in the middle. We're educating them on that, and you know, we, yeah. we even go a bit further back later in the each episode from now on. So I know a lot of our listeners would have enjoyed hearing from the great Zig. The other thing I do when we get a guest on, who's a mad South player from back in the day, I always have a look at their record against the arch enemy, the evil empire, the Roosters. And Ziggy, he had seven wins against the Roosters and only two losses, boys. He had one draw, but we won't talk about the draw. We mm. won't talk about the kiss your sister. Mm. But well, that's not a bad record. <laughs> Seven and two. Not bad against uh, the arch rivals. That's probably the best record I've seen. We could we could have done with him on Friday night. Oh what? Yeah. We, I want to put him straight on that big Daniel Tup Tup uh, Daniel Tupo. Mm. Snapped him in half. Yeah, the giraffe. Just going on, on off that with the wingers. In this game now, I bet you if you look at, at the stats at the end of the year. The wingers don't score many tries. Or not as many as what they, they've scored in, in previous years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll I think a lot of the tries are going to score be scored around the middle and on the edge. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've got to look at the Canterbury versus uh, Manly game on the Sunday night, the last game of the round, where they've had enough opportunities, those two teams, to have a look at everyone, everyone's style of play around the new rules and all that. And the bloke who just absolutely carved oh, don't them up. That, that was just Mavo putting his headphones back on. That's all right. That's all right. We can, we can keep rolling, mate. We yeah. we keep rolling here on Rabbitohs Radio. <laughs> mate, he absolutely lit him up, that Tom Trebojevic. Did, mm. did you watch him? It was, but it was all heads-up players. Mm. Off the back of offloads. Mm. Stuff like that. Yeah. He's just eyes up and just playing what's in front of him. Not, 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 there's no structure around it. No. You know? Yeah. Don't just take a tackle. He was just going for it. Halfbacks are taking the line on now in the first minute. First two minutes. If you get a repeat set, like six again, play go. Yeah, we, we well hopefully we can get a little bit of that because they play the ball so quick. Yeah, hopefully Reynolds and Dargan can build on their first game together. Yeah. Haven't played together, boys, yeah. and start taking the line on a bit till um. Cody yeah, Walker look, I, I don't think it was anything to do with Reynolds or, or Dargan. Why, why they didn't do it? I I put it down to to our play the balls. It didn't give them the opportunity. That's right, hundred percent. And I tell you what, if we can get a little bit quicker in the play the ball area and we ring back a player like Cody Walker who is one of the best eyes up players in the game mm. in broken play mm. and, and you know add, add the speed of Jimmy the Jet coming up on the outside look we'll get back on track boys it wasn't a great start but yeah. it's a long season anyway let's get on with it I could, I could have went for a longer break you still were going alright yeah, yeah yeah well you know what two, two people are like you, you had, it, had it done the other day without me no, that's right <laughs> <laughs> we did uh, well that's it if Cop the bag. If, if one's not here, the other two just fill in the void. All right, we'll triff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio. We'll always keep-
Big game against Melbourne Storm down there at Amy Park. 7.55 Friday night again. We've got that same Friday night slot. So, got no excuse for backup boys. We've got to get down there and um, execute our plays and and try and come over the win down there, boys. Yeah, and well, I jumped on the Rabbitohs Zoom press conference today. I had a quick chat to Liam Knight and Cameron Murray. Well, I said the first questions. I opened the batting in the press conference. Yep. So just have a listen to this. You've had a look at the new six again rule and one one referee. Do you or the team need to do anything differently to adapt? Uh, not necessarily. I think uh, it kind of suits our style of footy. Um, obviously, there's a few key things that uh, probably stand out a little bit um, to sort of uh, play into the hands, I guess, or uh, play a great sort of attacking style of footy. Uh, obviously quick play of the balls are a big part of it it's been a big part of my game uh, since I've been in first grade so it's something that I'm focusing on a lot uh, and I'm sure everyone is uh, to open up the middle a little bit more and open up some opportunities for Cookie going through the middle and then obviously flipping that over into um, a defensive mindset it's about tightening up the middle um, you know getting numbers in tackles and so on down as much as possible but uh, um, yeah obviously it's something that we have to adapt on the run and something that uh you know we'll uh i guess look to i guess improve a little bit on this week we probably didn't handle it as best as we could last week and the middle got a little bit sloppy so we'll be looking to hopefully uh rectify the the mistakes we made there all right yeah so cam's obviously speaking about how it's probably going to suit him the quick play of the ball they just got to just got to get into the grind of the game, boys. They weren't in the grind of the game. And Liam Knight, sounds like he's right to go. Just had a little laceration in the mouth or cut lip and and away he goes, huh? Yeah, well, we said that in our little Zoom conference the other night that when he was walking off with the blood dripping from the mouth, it sort of summed up our game. But anyway... Oh, yeah, a lot, a lot of blood pissed out of that mouth, didn't it? It wasn't a good look. But uh, anyway, the, the Storm were beaten 22-6 and Christian Welsh was interviewed during the week and he was saying sort of the same thing that they've got to get away from structured play and play a bit more ad lib he also said the new rules will suit a dominant half that can run rampant now also on Fox I heard him say that this new rule was like the Damien Cook rule although it didn't really pan out that way for us well it didn't the other night but I think it will eventually when we learn to play the right style just on, on this week's game. There's only a few areas that I think we need to improve and that's our discipline. You know, but we can't afford to give away silly penalties or lose control of the ball and we just got to speed up the play of the balls and hopefully something will come off the back of that. Yeah, well... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just sorry. go through that stat. I missed out on that um, uh, when we reviewed that Roosters game, boys. I just jumped on, had a little look and the Roosters' speed of their play of the ball was 3.3 seconds to our 3.7. That's only half a second. You're giving away a fair advantage... Now, against a team like the Melbourne Storm, they're going to try and hold you down again. Mm. Look, I mean, if we don't get that speed of the play of the ball a little bit closer to theirs, or if not better, mate, we're going to struggle to win this game too, boys. We've got to get that right. Yeah, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to play to, to the parts of the field where we're, 
where you're going to be one-on-one defenders or yep. at most two tacklers in the one, one, uh, one... Yeah, so we can get up on the ground and give Damien Cook a chance to play some eyes up footy. The Roosters were getting four four tacklers in, into our, in our, yeah. our attacker. It's so. probably the hardest task we could have been presented. The Chooks into the Storm, but look, we've got to do it. We've just got to do it. Yeah. Get out there. The Storm's talking about what they've got to do to fix their play. We're talking about what we've got to do to fix our play, so we just need to do it. So the picks, boys. I'm going to go first. I think we can beat the Storm. Against all odds, they'll be the favourites, obviously. But Canberra made made easy work of them, and I think we can do the same. I think South by four. Oh, well, you took my you took my margin, mate. I'll uh, I think well, yeah. Like I said, we just need to improve in a couple of areas. Uh, I think we can beat the Storm without a doubt. I don't think they handled the real changes too well. Uh, Canberra, like you said, were, were quite dominant against them. They had a lot of ball, the Storm, against Canberra, and they couldn't cross their line many times. So I'm going to go uh, the Rabbitohs by six. I was going to go four, but you took my uh, margin, so I'll, I'll go by six points. First in, best dressed, Yep, so they say. I'm going to pull out the old Jew for theory. We're due for a win down there. We have never won at Amy Park. We're zero and eight at the venue. <laughs> so um, I'm looking at a, a comfortable win. And then it gets a little bit tight late, and we knock over a field goal. South by 13, boys. And it's not going to be an Adam Reynolds field goal. It's a Troy Dargan Troy field Dargan. goal, boys. Oh, left, left footer. footer. Left footer. Left footer. Nice, confident left footer. I'd like to see that. And now that the juniors is back open, whoever gets it right, the other two's got to shout at my feed. <laughs> Let's head off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by Burke Street Bakery. Export Freight Systems. Email ian at efsau.com.au and mention Rabbitohs Radio. He'll take care of you. NG Farrah have forged an enviable reputation for consistently delivering outstanding results. Reach out, speak up, educate, don't give up, burn brightly, be exceptional, rise. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by The Juniors. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrow Real Estate. Peter Volandis wants a second team in Brisbane by 2022. And I think it's been a long time coming. The Broncos have had a domination of the Sunshine State and all the talent for too long. I know the, the crushes didn't work, but I think it's about time they did it. Someone stood up and made the hard call to get another team in Brisbane. Well... There's been a bit of a strong push to put Ipswich into the competition, boys. Now, they've always produced some really talented players. Uh, right back through the, the Walters brothers, Alan Langer, the Walker brothers. Mm. They've just been coaching them, Chris and uh, Shane. Ben. And ben. Shane, yep. you know, the production line. But the, guys, the, the players they've produced over the last 20 or 30 years, it should be spread out over a couple of sides. But the only thing that comes up uh, when you mention that, Mavo, would be... Does that mean we get a buy now every weekend? Or is one of these Sydney teams going to drop out? Mm. Which we'd hate to see or, you know, or the Gold Coast Titans, do they drop out? I don't know. Bringing in another, another team obviously adds a dynamic. Do you have to bring in two teams? All the experts are mm. always calling for there's too many teams in Sydney. Mm. So whether they, oh yeah. man, the tribalism of it, you just yeah. it's, it'd be sad to, lo- to leave any or lose anyone. Well, maybe the the Central Coast Bears could be back on the. They're not. I don't think they'll bring two new teams. 
Yeah. But is the Central Coast also a rugby league heartland that's being overlooked? Definitely. You know, you only see the crowds that are up there. So Peter Valandis, he may be the man to solve these problems. In other news, the ANZ Stadium refurb has been cancelled. And this means that the Bunnies could potentially come home to the new stadium at Moore Park. How good would that be? That'd be unreal. Yeah. That's, the um, Roosters wouldn't like it. Well, I mean, Peter Volandis has chucked out a date to try and get crowds back. And we've seen when Peter Volandis does put his mind to it, he's got the game up and running. First game in the Southern Hemisphere. We've, we've had people from all around the world watching. And I don't know if you've been um, listening to, to Fox. Fox called the other night. Uh, Vossi was replying to fans from over in Wales and USA. And, mm. and on Sunday, Triple M, um, our mate Maroon and the boys on there, they spoke to um, some bloke from America. I just jumped in half. I just jumped in the car and they're having an interview with some bloke. And he, he was half decent knowledge on the game. He wasn't fantastic. But he said, I, I just love the fact that we can sit here and watch these great athletes. We, we've got nothing in America. Mm. There's no athletes playing anywhere. Mm. Yeah, and so this new stadium more park it's a brilliant opportunity to build a sensational stadium and for us to go back there that's what i'd like anyway i'd prefer to go there than all the way out to anz and also now the one ref and six again rule now last week i sort of voiced the concerns of the refs and it looks like they were unfounded because it was a success everyone's raving about how it all worked perfectly although it didn't suit south so we've got some stats there, Brownie. Yeah, we certainly have, and uh, it's all in favour uh, of the game being a better spectacle. So just a couple stats that I will go through, uh, probably the more important stats. And the average ball in play has increased by 2.49 minutes to 57.31 minutes. Now, what that means is the ball's in play, so there's no stoppages, you know, there's no one kicking for goals, kicking it out, scrums. So ball in play, which is obviously what everyone wants to see, has increased by nearly nearly three minutes. Now, resulting in the number of tackles made by each team, which has increased by 12%. So obviously, ball in play, teams have got to make more, more tackles. Plus, a total of six sides making more than 2,000 metres in possession. So, uh, you know, you, you just... Do the sums and and obviously ball in play. Uh, the more meters, you know, the players are going to run. So yeah, boys. Another couple of stats that um were really um sort of blow you away here a little bit. The average penalties per round in rounds one and two was 112. The average penalties per round this round was 72. That's 40 less penalties over this these yeah. eight games compared mm. to the first two games, and then. Also, that six again rule, I think they did six, 53 times they did the six again, and 10 tries were scored off the back of that, mm. which, you know, that's the entertainment. So we're mm. in an entertainment business. And also, boys, penalty goals per round. There were 16.5 penalty goals per round in rounds one and two, and there was only five in round three. Do mm. we want uh, rugby union's penalty goals, mm. you know? Yep. You throw one over if it's, you know, we, we don't want people opening up games kicking for goal. Let's see some attack and some football, yeah. eh, boys? That's right. That's one of the big... So those rules just that have been implemented over this round due to the leadership of Peter Volandis, boys, they've paid dividends straight away first week. Entertainment-wise. It has. And that's one of the big criticisms of 
rugby union that there's all the stoppages and that's why that game's dying. But the flow on of this ball in play is it's more exciting. But the big thing is that it ties out the opposition. Now Liam oh, Knight said yeah. Liam Knight said it today when asked the question. He found that it was more tiring. So the the big guys are going to get tied in the middle. It opens up the game when players are tiring. Instead of there's just everyone's fresh, bang, 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 nothing opens up. So they've also mentioned that they may reassess this interchange dropping because mm. the game may not be able to support it. Support it. So what you're saying, leave it at eight, not drop it to six. Perhaps they will. The, the game's enjoyable to watch now. Oh, it is. I watched oh. every game last, last week. If that would have been last year... There's games there I wouldn't have watched. Honestly, I really enjoyed the football. I know we didn't win, and well, I didn't it would have been great if we won. But I was going to say, I didn't enjoy that game. No, I didn't enjoy I... the South game because we're well, South supporters. But, yeah, yeah. but it, what, well, look at some of the stats that, were, that we just read out. Mm. These were team stats and game stats. What about these individual stats? James Tedesco, Josh Mansour, mm. Brian Toto from um, Penrith Panthers, the winger, both had 300 metres. All mm. three of them had 300. There's going to be some records blown out. Like Obviously... Mm. Brian Toto had the advantage of playing a game of extra time that went the full distance. So he played 90 minutes. So we'll, and we'll scrub a, him off the list. And, a, and another <laughs> another 19 players run for more than 200 metres. So That's incredible. That's so weird. the game's back. When are we going to yeah. get a South player run for 200 metres? Let's, let's, I, I want to yeah. see that. So I'm roll, really rolling the sleeves up. And what about Cameron McGuinness, our own South junior from the Botany Rams, one of the great Botany Rams of all time besides um, – who was the other Botany Ram? Who was that? <laughs> Manoa Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <it's> Thompson. Yeah. <coughs> Hello, oh Steve Mavens. Oh, Steve <laughs> Fennick. Steve Fennick, not Oh, Mavens. you guys. Oh, Steve Fennick, mate. Hey, one of the tech wizards of our time. Hundred um, percent. Now, seventy-four tackles, Cameron McGuinness made, and one of the most impressive stats of the weekend was young Chris Randall on debut. And hats off to the Penrith Club. I don't know if you've seen that, but they they only let ten or so people in the ground, right? Besides the staff, they let his family come in to watch the debut. And he wasn't. It was Penrith. Pan, it was um, Campbelltown Stadium. So, yep. hats off to Penrith for letting them to do that. But he had seventy-one tackles off the bench, boys. Yep, he broke the record. It was yeah. held. What's by, your record for tackles off the bench, Mavis? It was held by Billy Brit, <laughs> Billy Britton, the South kid. He had the uh, f- the other. I think yes, it was, he did. I think it was the record tackles on debut. Yeah. But are we going to move on to that game, chaps? Because I did enjoy that Knights Panthers game. You got anything else there before oh, we move on? It was a fantastic game, mate. Um, Obviously, the Panthers got up, 14 blot, and the bloody Knights, they clawed their way back into it off the back of some real adversity. It started off with their leader. He runs all the plays. Mitchell Pearce off with a concussion, sickening concussion, boys. Mm. I'd say he'd be in doubt. Um, And then also... Connor Watson. Connor Watson done his ankle. Mm. He never took any part in the game anymore. They're already missing Kalen Ponga, the gun fullback, the two edge back rowers. So pretty much all their attack is just gone. Yeah. Yeah. And um and they had to throw in a couple of the coolest names you've ever seen, boys. Yes. Have you have you heard names like Bradman Best? Yes. Well, I, I did enjoy that. Bradman Best. What about this mate? What a name. And Tex. Talk Ho- us through this. And Tex Hoy. They're two of the ah. coolest names ever. Now I think Vossi at the time said Bradman Beast because he. He really did play well. He's and, big, isn't he? For, and when is he he's, 18 or 19 or something? He's only a young kid. He's massive. He was a child prodigy. And when he scored his second try, which was a double, Vossi said it's not a double century. So I thought that was <laughs> quite good. And also Emma Freeman said he has one of the best names in world sport. Have to agree there, Emma. So Bradman's dad, Roger, played for Manly and also the London Broncos. But also Tex Hoy, 
great name as well. His dad, Matt, is a bit of a legendary surfer. He won the 97 Bells Beach Classic. Chaps, you got any stories Oh, on him? yeah. He's, his forehand um, big hack is, is outstanding. One of the real big um, carvers of the surfing world back in the day. And just an out-and-out character. He's a beer-swilling maniac from Newcastle. He's great mates with um, Andrew and Joey Johns. Our friend Kerbox. And, and our friend Kerbox. He come through that era. I think he was sort of the back end of Kerbox's era. He's uh, obviously 97 Bells Beach champion. And legendary stories of him within that event and the celebrations after it. Rip Curl mm. said, hey, here's a credit card. You can you know, light it up with all your mates and the boys. And anyway... The next day, <laughs> Rip Curl manager had a look at it. And it was the, the bill was nine thousand, <laughs> the alcohol bill. So they went looking for him and blah blah, blah and couldn't find him for a day or two. And they found him in a um, a massive Indian teepee on the front of one of the Rip Curl houses down the Bell's Beach, and he was asleep inside it. Yeah, yeah, sleeping it off. Yeah, sleeping it off the big boy. And um, yeah, he's just one of the great characters of um, surfing history, boys. And and yep. and he was proud as punch to to see his son Tex Hoy. Make his debut. And he's a mad Knights man. He's a Newcastle man. And he went for good too. He yeah. went good. He went good. He did. Yeah. I, I sort of felt sorry for him at the back sure. end of that game when um, they chucked it to him for a field goal because it was a bit of a field goal. I thought. You've seen the Penrith mm. young guy, Matt Burton. He never shied away. He had a couple mm. of real big yeah. strikes. One of them hit the post. Hit the upright, Hit yeah. the post so hard it came back about 30 yards. They yeah. struck him unbelievable, all of them. Yeah. yeah. So he got a bit of um, – someone shot out at him, so he ended up deciding to run on the last a couple of times. One mm. of them – he put it to Bradman Best. Bradman Best had a 2 on one to win the game. Could have done it and scored. Yeah. Could have passed it and scored. Yeah. And unfortunately, it went to ground. Oh, it was a poor yeah. He'll yeah. learn from that. Yeah. He's a kid. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I thought he should have just scored it. He had the line wide open And he's there. so hard to bring down. He's a big yeah. He scored oh, two tries already in that game. Yeah. Solid as. Double. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if Tex Hoy is related to Mick Hoy, our mate. No joy, Hoy. Ship Hoy. Ship Hoy, yeah. Ship Hoy. He loves his golf. He's a member out at uh, Brighton Lakes. i tell you what. I don't think he is because I've... Looked at um, Tex Hoy and his face is not, not red like a tomato. Like, yeah, mate, Mick Hoy. So, all right, so we'll move on. Other news. No block out on the golf course. No block out. Yeah, no, he's, he don't, I, think, I don't think he wears a hat. Okay, fair enough. I use vegetable oil instead of sunscreen. <laughs> In other news, the Kangaroo Tour has been cancelled. We sort of saw that coming. Yeah, There's no yeah. way no they time. could play it. No, they, think it they might play it next year. Well, they've cancelled the Ashes, haven't they? They were supposed to come out here this year. Yeah. So that was I'm, it. I'm, no, I mean the, um, in the cricket, which is yeah. oh, very popular and very important. Thing. Yeah, exactly. They've given that the flick. Um, yeah. we've got, we're, they've fitted Origin in. I'd rather Origin yeah. than a kangaroo tour. Well, anything that involves um, flying between countries, I think it's just about band, isn't it, boys, yeah. for a while? It's too yeah. much. It was too much. I don't think you'd be flying overseas for... You haven't heard anything about that super... No. 15 or 18 nah. or 20 rugby, have you? Nah, yeah. they're gone. They're gone. Because that's, nah. why, that's why Ben Teo might pop up on the Brisbane Broncos list by the mm. sounds of it. Mm. Off the back of some of their injuries. I wonder if we can pick up in a couple. Because someone oh, asked... I'd love uh, to get that Ben Teo. Someone asked Cameron Murray that in the press conference today. And he goes, oh, I don't know. But hopefully we can pick up a couple of quality players if they're available. Also, the Dragons have started... The Dragons fans have started a petition to sack Mary. They've only won two of the last 14. I uh, feel a bit sorry for Mary. He's... Obviously doing his best, but he needs some results out there. And they were saying that the cardboard cutouts at the Dragons walked out. They'd had enough. <laughs> well, I, was, I wasn't at the game, but I, I got told. I got told they were booing. Well, you know you're going bad when cardboard cutouts are booing you, mate. Yep. And also, talking of the cardboard cutouts, it's a great initiative. We should get probably us three of the Rabbitohs Radio sitting there calling the game. Uh, but anyway, someone had the smarty idea to put Harold Shipman, the serial killer, in the crowd. And I suppose it was a bit funny, but... It wouldn't have been funny to the 
estimated 250 people he murdered families, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. A, wasn't very good. Anyway, no, no, so, let's move on. Yeah. So let's move on. There's nothing more you can say about that. So we've decided we're going to pick a team besides South to have if you want to have a multi. This week, I'm going to pick the Raiders, led by George Williams at half. He's a good player in, boys. Uh, they picked up a, a, mm. a good, a little solid nugget of a halfback mm. there. Didn't the he Fox, play well? The Fox uh, crew had him as the player of the round. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and you want them straight out, mate. $1.35? You've mm. really gone out on a limb here. Yeah. So $1.35. Well, ra- Rabbitohs into the, into the Raiders. I, think there you go. I tell you what, that's not too bad. Yep. Mm. What do you got, boys? Well, I'm going well, to have to go the same. The Raiders, oh, I think... They uh, they were the pick of the teams last week. I really liked the way they played. Uh, the new rules really suit their players. They got exciting halves. They like to run the ball. Yep. Probably, but, probably, arguably the best hooker in the game at the moment. Yep. It's but Josh good, Hodgson. It'll be a good test yeah. from now. We've just raved about the Knights, the fighting spirit they show, yeah. and. I don't know if they're going to get Ponga back or some of their players back, but they're, they're no easy boots this year, the Knights. They're, they've got some good talent there. Yeah, I, I, I just think um, the Raiders, you're going to have to be on your game to beat the Raiders. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I was going to go anyone that played the Bulldogs or the Dragons, but they're playing each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, you might, you might, they're $1.35 too, mate. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, the Raiders. You might, you might like them at minus seven and a half. Um, Is that yeah. too much? No, I don't, I don't you mind like that. that. Minus yeah. seven and a half, dollar eighty-five. All right. Yeah, well, okay. what about you, chaps? What do you got for us? You know, I love an underdog, boys. One hundred percent. I'm, I'm really, I'm really impressed with what not I've seen. We- from, not in the weather, you know. I'm, I'm really back the favourite. No, I'm really impressed with what I've seen from the Warriors, mate. And everyone's bagged them. Blah blah blah. They've, um, yep. They've come out. Yeah, I tipped they've, them. They've had an NRL record: forty-four consecutive completions. It's never been done before in the game. I mm. mean, really. Yep. It's an NRL record, yeah. I took him to we about the 70, 73rd minute to make a mistake. Wow. And I, and I was I didn't know that, but I was going to make mention of the Warriors, and I'm glad you said it. And they're but all supposed to be our second team. The only reason we're having the competition is because 100%. of them. And I thought Penrith, once they got to the lead, they kind of lacked a bit of direction in the halves. Um, that Luai, who's had all the raps on him, probably they missed that um, that Cleary. Cleary, who's just yeah. – he guides them home. And they've got all the talent in the world, the Panthers, but – I was a little bit disappointed the way they, they sort of they wilted under the pressure yeah, well, mm. when the Knights started coming back. And I'm hoping uh, the Warriors can get up there and uh, at that juicy price of $3. The other, well, yeah. they, they had a couple of bench fours. I've never heard of these blokes. No, fantastic. Yeah. Well, they spoke to RTS on Fox last night and they asked him about if this COVID-enforced togetherness might help the team. And they said, will this be the making of the Warriors? And he sort of said it is. This is what they might have needed. They might have needed to go into camp, get to know each other. Get to know, hey, bro, what's your name? Oh, it's Roger. You know what I mean? Yep. And just having that togetherness, because that football team has always had the talent. No yeah. doubt about it. On paper, there should mm-hmm. be anyone. And, an- and another thing uh, which is going to be an advantage for the Warriors is they're not travelling every second week. Yep. It takes a toll Travelling, especially overseas, oh, you know, well, you're not going to the Gold them, Coast. Especially they're always doing international flights. International flights. So that's now right. they're sort of settling in a bit. I know and, they're away from family, but and, they're sort of they're they're all in that bunker style. They're getting together. And, it's and there's, a, a, there's a couple of young guys. I want you to keep an eye out for these guys. You might not have even heard of them. Elisia um, Katoa. Now this bloke's only played eight games of NRL. He was unbelievable on the weekend. Did you mm. see him? Number uh-huh. eleven. No. And also. Jack Murchie, who's a Canberra Raiders junior, couldn't find a spot at Canberra, 
But he dominated a state of origin game under 20s a couple of years back. And I thought, well, look, let's sit back and watch this kid rip it up. Mm. He's a really big, rangy back rower. And he finally got an opportunity at the Warriors. Only late, and he'd been there a few weeks. Mm. He was outstanding. So there's a couple of names to keep an eye on but with the Warriors, boys. you just remember boys. when the Warriors play good footy, that's always up-tempo and attacking-style footy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. it's like a game of touch when they're when they're playing good. They're offloading and they're they're yep. going forward and you know. They're and if the passes stick like they did against the Dragons, and that's what today's yeah. game is now. And, yeah. and and if you have a look at the Dragons, they've got a fair attacking squad there. Mm. Ben Hunt, you know, mm. got a fair few things yeah. going on there. They scored nothing. Didn't mm. score a point. Yeah, their, their defense, if they get their defense in order, they could be a dark horse. I'm sensing a dark horse. And you heard it here first. On Rabbitohs Radio. Well, so we'll f- the game we'll, just suits them. We'll now. see who wins the most money at the end of the year. Well, it'll be a ten dollar bet. Maybe it could be up early, dollar thirty-five. Yeah, we'll see so. how we go. Yeah. Well, I just we had to pick one team, and if you had to pick one team, no, well, it doesn't I, matter. I didn't know we'll have a wager on one, it. One team, one team I won't be picking anytime soon is the uh, the latte sippers. Just so you know. Okay, boys. Well, I was going to go uh, the Raiders, but you beat me to it. You, you took me score uh, my prediction. With the Rabbitohs by four, and I had to change it to go six. So I was going to go the Raiders. I thought they were the pick of the the teams last week, arguably um, against a, a Melbourne Storm side. I thought they were really good, the Raiders. But just so I'm going something different, I will go with the Cowboys against the Sharks. Now we've got Grant Chapel remembering a Rabbitoh. Thanks, Mavo. Yeah, I've been peeling back the layers the last few weeks and going right back in time. Like I said, now we've got the people's champion, as they used to call him. He was a winger, like yourself, uh, Mavo. The legendary Benny Waring. Now, Benny Waring was born in Redfern, June 11, 1901. So he's one of your boys, uh, Brownie. Yeah. Redfern boy. Plenty of us around. Oh, yeah. He'd be a champion, this fella. So obviously he's a South Junior, and he's made his debut in round two, 1921. Now, in that season, that 1921 season, he scored nine tries in his first year in only seven games. So he started off on fire. Yeah, not bad. So he was um, coming out like a bull out of the gates. And he played for our mighty club, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, between 1921 and 1933. So he had a fair career. He played 172 games, scoring 144 tries, 202 goals, and 803 points. To his record. So he had a fair record for the Mighty Rabbitohs. He was an athlete. It's rumoured that he ran 10.2 with 100 yards as well. So he was a real flyer. Sounds wow. like he, Sounds like he could have went to the Olympics. That's someone like him you want on your wing. So now his try-scoring record, um, it stood. Now his try-scoring record for the Rabbitohs stood for an unbelievable 81 years. Until local South Junior, Nathan Merritt, broke the record round six... Um, the 11th of April, 2014, in an 18-2 win over Penrith Panthers. You probably remember the night. It was a fair build-up for it. He didn't score many tries in 2014, Nath. He only scored two. And as soon as he scored in the right corner, I think it was the, the eastern end of Penrith Park, he went over and tapped the South Sydney Rabbitoh flag. Uh, and it had Koori colours on it, Aboriginal colours and that. So it was a pretty special moment. Now, reading an article from the Herald... I think it was around the time the record was broken, 2014. This is, um, his daughter was saying this, that Benny was a real humble man. His daughter Betty Miller said, the record never fazed him. He didn't realise he was anything special. He didn't even boast. 
but we all thought the record was fantastic. Now, she watched Nathan break the record from her daughter's botany home and said, the record has been around so long, it's history, and I'm glad it was broken by someone that is a true rabbito, Nathan Merritt. Now, no, look at that, botany. Yep. Botany ram. There's no bigger botany ram than Steve Maven. You know, born in Redfern, and he sounds like a really great man now. I've got memories of my father taking me to the footy, and so has she. She speaks about her father used to take us out to the footy, and we'd always sit in the corner of Redfern Oval and watch the Mighty Rabbitohs play, boys. Unreal. So What it, a legend. And he won all those grand finals and scored all those tries. Like I said, if he, it was like when you spoke about our, our other past Rabbitohs you've mentioned, that if he was around today, he'd be an absolute superstar. He played for New South Wales between 1924 and 1928, played 23 games, scored 17 tries. Now, as it goes for test selection, he was constantly overlooked for test selection. It was a bit controversial at the time. There was one tour he was a shoe-in to play, and they cancelled the tour. But there was a couple he was really overlooked. Now, they had a three-game series against Great Britain in 1928. He was overlooked the first two games. They were beaten. Then they picked him in game three. And they finished up winning. He scored two tries, three goals. He was the man of the match. Yeah, I've you heard know, he, that. Yeah, and he, I don't know. I'm not sure what that was all about well, there. They, but They described that as a tragedy that he was overlooked. So I don't know what was happening there, whether it was politics or there must have been some good wingers to get that spot in front of him if he wasn't getting selected. That's all I can say. Could have been, yeah. Now, in 2008, he was named in the 100 greatest players in 100 years. Uh, the NRL announced that um, those 100 players, he was one of them. So he must have been something special, boys. Great achievement, yeah. You know, yeah. All the get players that have played our great game. And he unfortunately died in his Maroubra home, 9th of April, age 66 in 1968, boys. So not only that, he wasn't not only born in Redfern, his daughter lives in Botany. He was a bra boy, a bra- One of the originals. Yeah, 035. So, a real Maroubra boy, so... We can all relate to him. Yeah. Yep. So I thought he was a, a fitting... Person to speak about today, boys. Yeah. Great story, chaps. I enjoyed that. Good work, chaps. Okay, so we'll move on to the Rabbit of the Week brought to you by Burke Street Bakery. And this week it is Pat McCaig, 77-year-old Rabbitohs fan. He's been to two grand finals with his mate Paul Sate in 1965 and 1969. Unfortunately, we got beaten both of those. So Sadie said to him that he's barred now from any further attendance in grand finals. <laughs> he obviously didn't go to 2014. No, I'm glad he didn't because it might, it might have cost us. Anyway, Pat started started as a wharfie in 1960 at White Bay, then moved to Port Botany when it opened and was the crane driver that took the first container off an overseas ship in Australia. Wow. Yep. So he's a bit of a legend, the old Pat. Also, another story he told me was that he was supposed to be working, but he decided to caddy for his mate in the Australian Masters in Melbourne. And nearly got into big trouble when he appeared on the TV coverage. A bit like someone else we know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, co-host. Oh. Yes, he's uh, had a couple of close calls. So Pat's a mad golfer, and I see Pat at Tempe Golf Range every now and then. Now, we spoke to Pat's daughter, Erin. Well, you she... need to go there more often, Mova. I think I do. I do. Well, <laughs> I've been getting a couple of lessons from Greg Green at the coast, and he's helped me out a bit. So okay. i just got to get that handicap down. Yeah. I spoke to Pat's daughter Erin and she said that my dad took me to America when I was 15. We are family in San Francisco and it was a great experience in the USA 
And with Dad, they visited Las Vegas and, of course, lots of golf courses, including Pebble Beach. I like Pat's style. That's where I'd be going. Pebble Beach, one of the great golf oh, courses. Isn't that a good-looking course? Mm. Yeah. Erin also said... Hard to play, I reckon. Oh, it'd be tough, but great spot. She also said, I love my dad working on the waterfront for one reason, the Christmas parties at the Botany Big Splash. And that tradition continues to this day. We've all done that. We take our kids there for the Christmas party and someone dresses up as Santa. So Erin's got fond memories of that. Have you ever done that, Santa? No, I haven't. I probably could have a, a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> also, Erin said that she shares her birthday, the 26th of September, with her dad. And Pat always said that she was the best birthday present that he ever got. So that's a lovely thing oh, to say. Oh, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she says that they are a crazy family and her dad is the oldest of the McKay clan, but he always remembers everyone's birthday and anniversary. And if you ever want to find Pat, he likes to say that he's in the Bermuda Triangle, Maddow Pub, Yarra Bay Sailing Club, or St. Michael's Golf Club. <laughs> three love, <laughs> three great... I like that. I like that. Yes. Three, that sounds pretty good to me. Three great local establishments. And he once said to Aaron, I wish you were a boy so I could teach you how to fight. But as I said, uh, I'm good, Dad. I know how to look after myself. <laughs> and Pat's son-in-law, Ryan, says he loves having a beer with his father-in-law and a chat about sports and technology. So, yeah, look. Big razor. Razor. And Pat, you are our rabbit of the week and you win a free coffee voucher at any of the 14 Burke Street Bakery stores. And if you want to nominate someone to be rabbit of the week, send us a story about them. Some, there's plenty of you Rabbitohs fans out there. We've got a great story to tell on the show that love coffee. So hit us up, tag us, send us an email, whatever you like. You know where to go. Just on the bakery? Is it open? The bakery's open. I went down there today and I got some bread. I made a pea and ham soup with some pumpkin in it. And I had some Burke Street Bakery bread, the fresh loaf. Oh, isn't that pretty? I cut it up. I made some garlic bread. The missus said it's the best garlic bread she's ever tasted. So there you go. Just want to leave us with a little quote from Phil Gould. Uh, Mavo's mate there, he loves Phil Gould. But is this it? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Rugby league is not meant to be perfect. It's meant to be great. It will soon be great again. So he can see light at the end of the tunnel. Sounds, so, like, sounds like Donald Trump. Make so, America great again. Well, he's not at the moment, is he? No, he's not. Uh, huh? Peter Volandi's the old man, mate. He's got it back and r- up and running. And before we go, chaps, you mentioned something about giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, just um, if you enjoy our podcast, obviously if you do, you're listening right now, can you rate and review, please? And um, give us a good little review there. It helps us out yeah. um, on Apple. And, boys, also that segment, Remembering a Rabbito, that we've been um, talking about the last couple of weeks. We've had a couple of the big names, Alf Smacker Blair, Benny Waring, you know, some of the real big names of our club. We're looking for a sponsor for that segment, boys. So if anyone wants to sponsor that segment, hit us up on all our social media platforms and we'll be quite happy to take that request. Or send us an email to rabbitosradio at gmail.com. All right, Mavo, take us out, mate. Rabbitohs Radio is hosted by Grant Chappell, Darren Brown and me, Steve Maven, and is brought to you by Export Freight Systems, The Juniors, NG Farah, Rise Foundation and Burke Street Bakery. For more information on this episode, click the episode webpage in the show notes and please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. We'd also like you to follow our Rabbitohs Radio Instagram, Facebook, Twitter 
and YouTube channel. We'll be back next week with another episode and up the mighty rabbitos. Thank you.